uh, I guess kind of to transition now, uh, we can go kind of visit your story. So kind of how we did last time in our last conversation, you know, kind of start, mm -hmm. um, go back as far as you want to, and then uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I hate using that statement. I hate that. There, there yeah. has to be a better way. There has to be a better way to say that. It seems that. like an uh, interview. I know, <laughs> right? I, I, don't, I don't want it to be like it. It's, I need to work on that. How do I work? <laughs> How do I transition to that a little bit better? Um, Maybe like just, okay, then we just start with your story. Yeah. Okay, then start with your story. <laughs> the floor is yours. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, that sounds good. It's still, so, still a little corny, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, eventually you'll, you'll find your uh, crunch line. Exactly. Crunch line. Exactly. Crunch line. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So. so <laughs> okay. Uh, I normally tend to talk a lot and go in the flow. So if I go like way far, you can just, you know, find There's a question no to stop. Hey, that's where the interesting things often are. It's those weird out of left field things that you get into. That's where the interesting things are. So yeah. anyways, you go ahead. So uh, to start with, because the story is related to data science, my I can start with where I started data science. So I recently graduated uh, with a master's in data mining. So that like that is like a recent, recent thing. And uh, like in May, but my journey started in 2017 when I just completed my bachelor's. So I had a data related coursework in my final semesters. And I was trying to decide where I want to go after my bachelor's. Mm -hmm. So I had to decide, okay, which field. And I had like one course that was all uh, data mining and warehousing. So I thought, okay, this seems interesting. So I want to give this a chance. So when I graduated, I had like a couple of months to give myself like soul searching kind of thing to see what I want to do. So I just, you know, surfed the internet and tried to find a thing like what I want to do. And that time I didn't know that it was a trend. So, you know, data science was starting as a trend in 2017, 18-ish, but I didn't know about that. I was just curious. So I started, you know, uh, going on internet, YouTube, machine learning they didn't have a lot of machine learning uh, videos back then but they were they were starting to generate a lot of videos and things like that and interestingly i started with andrew ng's uh, machine learning course in like 2017 i started with that what yeah on coursera yeah yeah and i had a course in artificial intelligence in my bachelor's so it was like easier to uh, relate but still you know hard to understand because it was all math and I started with it, which was like a, the wrong thing to do because you're starting with math, which is like, you know, tough. And then you tend to uh, like leave it and not start again. So that was like a weird thing, but I still started with it, uh, got some interest, thought, okay, this is like something I want to do. But then, you know, uh, I was always the kind of person where if, if I'm in a comfort zone, I won't do as much as if someone is like pushing me to do that, right? So I was, I didn't know about boot camps and things, you know, in, in India, boot camps were not a thing that time. So the only thing that came into mind was um, in my mind was like masters. And 
I was like, okay, masters. So where do I want to do masters? Like a lot of options. And you know, data science wasn't a course in India in 2017. No, like no colleges uh, had data science. They all only had like computer science and you had like uh, to select a concentration, but that wasn't something I wanted to do because I already did my bachelor's in computer engineering. And again, I didn't want to do all the things that come in computer science, like, you know, networks, operating systems. I didn't like that. So I was like, I wanted to do some focused, you know, thing that is just uh, giving me something I want to do. So masters was a thing, but then what is the kind of thing, the worst case scenario that will put me out of my comfort zone? So I decided, okay, I'm just going to leave my country because, you know, India is like a comfort zone for me. Wherever I go in India, there's always a thing where I think of coming back. I didn't want that option. So I thought, okay, I'm just leaving my country now. I'm going to go to US. So there's no option to come back. You have to figure things out on your own. Yeah, that's a pretty bold move. (laughs) Yeah. And I have never been out of my own city. Not like, not even out of my state. I just decided to go back, go out of my country. But I didn't know anything about it. Like zero. So... And it was like a very hard thing to do. It was like a really risky thing. I had no work experience. I had no experience with living with strangers. I had no experience uh, understanding what cultural difference is. Nothing. I didn't know anything. I just took it out. Like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. I just jumped in the sea and I didn't know how to, like, you know, uh, even swim. Well, I mean, and, swim, you're swimming, right? I mean, you're still here, so you're swimming. You're, you yeah, you it worked. It worked. That's a good thing. I guess to kind of like mole on that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Why? Why? Why do you think that was? Like, why go from you know basically only knowing one specific spot to now it's like okay, I need to do what could possibly be the most drastic thing that you could do, which is move to the United States or move to another country. So what, what, what do you think, I guess, made you take that leap? What was the ultimate or what were the variables uh, in taking that leap of faith? I guess. Yeah. The, the first important thing was comfort zone. So the thing is my mom and dad are very protective about me. So if I go anywhere in India, they will come like, with me they won't leave me alone ever so you know it's like they are always uh having my back and i was like if someone if i have someone to lean back i won't try anything on on my own Mm -hmm. and if you want to do something that is really like out of the way and because you know if someone is there to support you they will always tell okay if you're not doing good we have options we have plan b i didn't want the plan b i just wanted my plan a to work so I was like, okay, I want my plan A to work. So I have to figure this out. If I have my mom, dad with me, they will suggest a plan B and that will like ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I was I, like, it's kind of like the burn the boats. Uh, what is it? Like, I don't know if it's true or not, but that cliche of Cortez burning the boats so they can only go forward, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. well, there's no going back. We, we have to go forward. Um, we have to figure that out. Yeah, you have to figure it out. We we don't know what's gonna happen, but we have to figure it out. Um, yeah. So, what? I guess kind of. So you decided to take that leap. Mm-hmm. Um, when was that? When was the? I guess the 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 decision made, and then the move made. 
So I decided uh, to come in US 2016. So I started preparing for that because, you know, GRE and stuff, I didn't know about that. But uh, that was a thing. I didn't know that there are universities which are okay with not having GRE. But I was like, okay, I want to give GRE because most of the good universities need GRE. So GRE was a big thing for me because I have like ADHD and I hate time bound things. So I cannot sit and I cannot think that I have a time ticking and that's when I have to perform. If I do that, I get like seizure panic attacks. And that was like worst thing for me. So I had to practice for like about an year because I attempted GRE in 2016. I had a panic attack, couldn't attempt it. So I gave myself one year to prepare uh, for GRE and then also medications and stuff. So in 2017, I attempted again. I had a decent score. Then I applied and in uh, August 2018, I got an admittance in the US. Okay. Okay. So, what, so 2018, you're officially boots on the ground, I guess you could say, in the United States. Yes, yes. Okay. And where'd you, where'd you end up? So I uh, got an admit in George Mason University, Fairfax, Virginia. Okay. Yeah, for their uh, master's in data analytics engineering course. Yeah. Got it. So that was my initial admit, but then I uh, changed my coursework to data mining, which was more concentrated on machine learning and uh, more math focused. Yeah. Well, that actually brings up an interesting topic uh, Mm -hmm. too, which... uh, Kind of reminds me, I had a, when you mentioned the Andrew Ng, the Coursera course previously, because I've, yeah. I've taken it too, and it's definitely more of the, uh, I mean, you have different approaches, right, for teaching. You have that top-down approach, which starts as very, which starts very ha- abstract, and then you go into the details. Yeah. Similar kind of to like Fast AI, for example. Yeah. And then you have the Coursera Andrew Ng bottom-up approach, which is kind of, the academic approach too yeah like you learn the basics before you get to the advanced yeah um what i don't want to label one better than the other because they're both they both serve different purposes i think but Mm -hmm. for your learning style or, or for your journey so far what has been the most uh i guess working influential approach is Uh it that top down or is it the bottom up like so it's mostly top down because even if I started with NG, I didn't finish it when I was like, when I started. So I did like, I tried a couple of approaches to see which works. So I tried everything. So initially it was top down, uh, but it didn't work because, you know, it takes a lot of time when you go for basics. Like, you know, I have to learn this, 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 and then I will apply. I applied. So the thing that worked for me was application first and then going into the, like, you know, uh, granularities of that. Yeah, so that like worked for me. kind of, sort of. Yeah. 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 So because that's the thing that I, from my experience and talking to people, a lot of uh, people, it was like, uh, when you have application, when you have a use case, that's when you think, oh, I will apply like this. And then you apply. But then if you have to understand the basics, you have a lot of uh, options. You have a lot of uh, YouTube videos and um, articles to go to, you know, when you start. But if you just start with those, uh, you know, YouTube videos, you won't ever implement it. That takes a lot of time from going from basics to implement. But if you just start with implementing, that will make you like that. 
like that is like the best approach to take you just you are you are implementing right now you know how it works and then you're on the way you're going and searching oh okay so this is like why am i doing this that mm-hmm. works yeah. that's what worked for me yeah so you kind of in a way you hack something together you get it to work and then you kind of go back and like okay so i guess it's kind of that iterative process right yeah. like you created something yeah and now it's like how can i make it better essentially yeah. so that's when you go into the basics yeah. so for example uh for one of my projects i decided i want to do computer vision and i didn't know anything about it when i started so how would i start i started with the project i decided i want to do the project i started with the project i the project was using mask rcn which is like one of the famous um, algorithms in computer vision right mask rcn yeah so so what a, a normal person would do is if you want to do mask rcnn he will start with cnn then he'll go to rcnn then he'll go to faster rcnn then he'll go to mask rcnn to understand how it works yeah. what i did was i just started with a project and decided oh i want to do mask rcnn and i went to that repository the people who have already implemented it uh, went through all the algorithm that they have taken i used those algorithm it worked and then i started dissecting all the parts of that algorithm to see why is it working mm-hmm. and how is it working and that helped me to understand like more clearly that algorithm and also all the bits and parts in that algorithm yeah no i think it's it's like it's motivating right cuz like I, i guess that's kind of one of the dings that i would have and this again is not meant in a negative sense necessarily it's just how it is yeah. is especially when you're beginning to learn something you it's kind of like the uh you need to set out a reward of some type right and so that exactly. top down approach allows you to use things mm-hmm. and you're like oh i got it to work i got something to work and i that's like it's a good feeling to like oh shit i made something you know it yeah, like it yeah. works exactly um but then if you're kind of of the the iterative or the you know improving or growth mindset i guess you could say mm-hmm. it's like okay i got it to work now what else can i do with it how can i make it better so yes. i definitely connect there um but what it cuz this actually let's kind of see why the bottom up approach though is helpful because what if you only understand things at a high level you're not really how are you i guess it's kind of like i don't know i'd like to get your thoughts on it i think there's kind of like a ceiling right so it's like being a hacker is only going to get you so far it's only going to you're only going to have like that that skill set that goes to here where you can produce a product at x mm-hmm. but if you start learning the basics right or start going more and that that starts to rise and get higher and higher so the potential rises mm-hmm. um, i don't know is that kind of what what do you think about that so yeah of course like if you know the all the basics you can eventually make something of your own right Mm-hmm. but then to understand basics you should know where those basics fit in in the larger project so that's what so that's what worked for me so won't work sometimes won't work for everyone but this worked for me because i always do that i just jump in something or oh, i have a project i have a product already i'm looking at it and I, then i go to the nitty gritties of it all the details 
and then i am curious about oh where these like where did this detail come from like what's the root cause of this uh, particular uh, you know problem so what are the details where did this detail come from why where so when you go into why and where it will also give you all the basics right and then that will also help you to understand applications that will also help you to understand basics that will also help you to understand where you can use those basics to pro- produce a new project of your own yeah definitely yeah. um i what was the project though that you worked on so the project was to uh determine like detect uh damages by using so disaster damages caused by natural disasters okay by using satellite images so that was like a really interesting project which i had never encountered <laughs> it was like the first time i saw what and how it works so it was like very interesting because uh, the problem that we were trying to solve was uh, you have satellite images you are detecting that oh this building is having the worst uh, worst damage and if it has the worst damage how will it affect the financial side of it you know so what fema does so fema is estimating after the natural disasters but it's not as accurate so if you want accurate uh, accurate um, ac- if you want to determine accurately what financial loss uh, is like encountered at that natural disaster uh, you have to you know trace back to trace back to what was the actual cost of that building and compare it with the damage level mm-hmm. so that's what we did maybe it wasn't like a, the best way to do it but we found it very quite interesting like it wasn't like a individual project it was a group project because it was really big project i couldn't do it in on, on my own so it was yeah. like a group project but it was really interesting It we didn't solve the issue but it was uh, it was a successful project. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Uh no, it's it's I mean it's kind of like uh in a way, you know, a project is I mean, I don't know. It's I'm I'm understanding now that there's so many aspects that are like gradient descent in life, right? You're trying to find those optimal parameters for things. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like a search. And sometimes your personal algorithm sucks in terms of finding it, but you know it it's it'll get there eventually yeah. um yeah. and uh when was this uh back to the project when was the when was this group project was this at george mason or was yeah it was my final semester capstone project with accenture oh okay yeah yeah so i remember you mentioning that so let's uh, let's dive into that a little bit so what's what was so you're at george mason right um mm-hmm. and kind of tell us our your journey there and then how to, what how that led to the project yeah so george mason everything about coming to us and admitting to george mason was interesting for me because that was like a starting point of my uh, journey into data science so uh, i intentionally decided to select a concentration who which the concentration is selected by no one no one ever takes the concentration because it's really tough <laughs> all the courses in this uh, concentration are like math level tough so what's uh, wait sorry 
just to what's the wait concentration so it's kind of like you have your master's so, and then you can concentrate in like a specific niche kind of yes thing. so my master's was in data analytics engineering and the concentration was data mining so what that concentration had was five courses from computer science uh, dig, uh computer science uh department uh, two courses from statistics department, two courses from operations science, uh, operations research department, and one caption project. So that was like uh, the structure of my coursework. And all those uh, five courses from computer science department were uh, heavy math uh, oriented machine learning courses. Okay. Got but it. those helped. Like those were the main, um, as you said, the basics that I learned. Okay. The math that I learned about data science. Got it. So kind of, I guess now, okay, back to George Mason starting out, uh, back to that. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, started with a data mining course. First course I did was data mining course. And the setup was really interesting. The course, the curriculum of the course was like, uh, it was um, computation based so we had like five projects and we had like a Kaggle based competition for that course okay. and first first assignment was uh, implement k nearest neighbor from scratch to the, the problem was to uh, determine uh, class document classification so like you have a document and you have to determine what words the words uh, what categories those words uh, fall in by using k nearest neighbors and i had to implement it by scratch and the best thing was if you are if you are consistently having a top score in those competition you are eventually uh, you don't have to give the final written theoretical exam so that was the prize oh and I was like, I didn't want to give, give the paper exam. So yeah. I was like, I want to get, you know, the top, uh, top 10, like top two in all the competitions. I wanted to get it. Yeah. So eventually I got it and I didn't have to do the exam. So that was nice. like, that was my first course. And I was like, okay, I did it. So yeah. That's good. Yeah, that actually brings up an interesting point because it's like, now when I look back at college and when I see all those tests and I mean all the tests that you take in school right like pretty much uh it's like when do you ever do that after school <laughs> you, you, when do you go and sit down and then and then uh answer you know multiple choice or fill in the yeah. blank like no, I mean yeah. I guess and from a high level, you do kind of do it in your day-to-day -day duties at your job is like you have to fill in the blank, but that's like yeah. not the, you don't sit down and in a room with 30 other people and dead yeah. silence, like realizing yeah. that this is 25% of your grade. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird, when you look at it from that, it's not, when you take a step back and you look at it from the perspective of like, like try to be as detached from it as possible you're like that is a weird system like i, I mean yeah, I, it is. I get it for the efficiency of churning out students right but it's like yeah it doesn't make sense okay tangent <laughs> over tangent over but uh anyways so you finish up this you finish in the top two right mm -hmm. 
don't have to take the exam, thank God. And then um, what was next in the docket, I guess? What was the next step there in terms of leading you eventually to that? Yes, it was a So uh, the coursework that I did in that uh, particular data mining course was all the basic algorithms and all the basic models, like clustering, classification, things like that. So I knew how to implement them from scratch. I knew how it works. Okay. The next step was my next semester. So I was also simultaneously trying to get a data science internship for my um, summer. Okay. But that was important for me. I didn't have any work experience. So I was like, okay, I need to have an internship and I need to have something so that I can pay my tuitions. So those were two things that were going hand in hand. And next semester, I again took some really tough courses. One of them was artificial intelligence and Bayesian inference. So I artificial intelligence course was again, neural networks, things like that, gradient descent and thing. But I had to implement everything in the Stone Age language of Lisp, which I told you about. Which yeah, was yeah. I never knew how it works. So it's I had to figure out. Sorry, interrupt real quick. So you had to implement the neural networks in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to implement neural networks in LISP, which is very interesting. And uh, back then I didn't think of it, but now because I have a lot of things going on, I'm planning to put it up on my GitHub to so that people can look at it and see how it, how, how. What LISP is, <laughs> like. Yeah. I think um, you're the, the when you mentioned it, I think that was like the second time in my life I've heard of it. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people know of it. Like if you ask my professor, he'll be like, what? You don't know about it? You know, if you're in computer science, you have to know about artificial intelligence in LISP because that's how it works. So, you know, it's like okay. when, I, when I first started, it seemed like everybody knew about it but me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, but it was interesting because, you know, when you know that you can implement neural networks in a ancient language that you never knew about, you know that you can implement it in any other language. Yeah. So was the, it kind of get, uh, staying on the, the language uh, concept. So during your time here, was it mostly, were, were your classes mostly in Python or was, what were, what were you primarily using? Mostly time. in Python. Yeah, mostly in Python. Uh, just this one course was Lisp. Mm. And uh, like one course was SQL. Okay. And mm. the Lisp class was kind of, if I remember correctly, you were kind of like the, the professor was very adamant about using it for some reason. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he wanted to, like, he wanted us to know that Lisp is very important. Okay. I mean, I understand and it was interesting, but it was, a lot of work because I also had one more course that was like Bayesian inference, which I was doing in R. So I, I didn't know R too. So I started learning two languages and I also had to figure out how to work around them in like one semester. Well, that, no, that's tough. And I mean, I think in a, in a lot of ways, literally learning a programming language is like learning a language in a way. Um, so yeah. the fact that you're learning too at the same time, that must've been kind of like, you know, mine was had no going. Time. I'm telling you, I wasn't sleeping. I was living in the library for like whole four months. I was like 
crazy crazy things going on i don't even remember some parts of it because you know i was like so i had a hangover most of the time oh man yeah no i know the feeling uh there's many a night that i spent in the library as well so <laughs> you start going delirious it's kind of like the the books you know it's like the, everything starts moving it's weird um mm-hmm. but uh okay so Let's just jump to the gut. Let's. What was this project? This internship. You mentioned it. What so was- after this, this my uh, horrible semester, I had a chance to interview with Micron. It's a semiconductor company for mm-hmm. a data science. It was like a co-op, co-op program they had. So I had a chance to interview for it, and I got the inter- internship, and it was basically for my entire summer and fall. Okay. And then and when was this? It was in uh, May last year, 2019. Yeah. 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 So it was in their data science team, uh, which was, they were also working on image processing and computer vision problems. So yeah, first time I didn't know, like they are doing, I, I didn't, I know, knew that they are doing image processing, didn't know how uh, much they are doing it. So when I started with the internship, it was interesting to first understand what, how semiconductors work, but because I didn't know about that, yeah. then to, to understand how computer vision works. Got it. So what, I guess it's, it's, what was the interview process like? What was the, what were the steps there? And so, I mean, uh, you're going with. If I remember, like, I'm assuming there's really no experience outside of, you know, school related things. No. Yeah. So what yeah, was, so it was like my first, uh, yeah. So I uh, got this uh, call due to my application to my career fair. So Micron is in Manassas in Virginia. So they uh, come to our college uh, career fair often. Got it. So one of those times in December. So I, yeah, in October we had a career fair where I met with them and they didn't have a position back then, but maybe they kept my resume or something. So that was how the hiring manager got into my contact. And I had like a brief call with him, general call. And then I had just like, the second call was more of uh, to see the cultural fit and how how much I know about data science. So what I did, so what I did to excel here was, I normally have a habit of, if I found find something, like I find that I have an interview, right? With this semiconductor company, which I don't know anything about. I don't know about their product. I don't know how it works. So what I did was I spent almost like a week just researching on them like what is micron how do they work what do they have what conference do they attend what uh, research do they do and uh, their blogs i read their blogs i read all their papers i read i went through all their youtube videos i went through all the team members like most of the high level team members from their company and i had like a bunch of things that i knew about them and when I had my uh, call with the hiring manager, he was asking me a bunch of stuff and I was like, yeah, I have, have used this, but I don't know how it works because, you know, I just started in data science and he was like, okay, great. And then I started asking him questions about 
oh, you know, I read about this paper and how it works and I read about this. So what do you think? Like, how is Micron handling this stuff? And, uh, you know, I'm very interested about the data center and uh, how they are the smart manufacturing thing that is coming in semiconductors. A bunch of stuff that I read, everything I was asking him. And he was impressed that I knew all that stuff. He was like, how do you even know all this? Like, you know, a lot of things, even I don't know about them. So he was impressed. And that was my uh, key thing that, that I think that's the reason he was, uh, yeah, like decided to go with me. Okay. Well, yeah. so, I mean, that's, that sounds kind of intense. Uh, I mean, a week yeah. straight of study, but on a company. Okay. Yeah. So, so it, it basically was that initial call and then the cultural call, I guess we can label it. And then what happened after that? So I just had two calls actually. So that's the call with the hiring manager where I told him about all the, we discussed about a bunch of the stuff. That was my final call. And after a week I got my, like the offer letter for the internship. Nice. Yeah. So when so you got that offer letter, what 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 happens? What's going through your head? What are you thinking? I wasn't believing it because I was like, no, this is not happening. I don't know anything. Like, how could they like trust in me? Like, I haven't done anything, uh, you know, influential in my life, and I'm getting this internship opportunity that is like, you know, really. Uh, that was like a turning point in my life. Because up till then, I was like, I'm not going to get anything because I don't have any experience. I don't know any influential people. I don't know anything. So it's not going to work for me. But then this happens. So that was like a turning point for me where I started believing in my, myself again. Mm-hmm. You know, believing that, okay, whatever I have done up till now, it is working. It's not like I'm, I have to turn back and, you know, say, okay, I tried, I did work. It is working. So that was like a relief for me. And that after... After that day, the day that I got off a letter, I had my finals. So I was so happy that, you know, my finals just went, they were really nice. I wasn't expecting that I'll attempt so good because the courses were tough. So I was like, I'm not going to, I don't think I'll pass. Like it was too much, but then I did. So I think that was because I got this confidence in me after I, I received the offer letter. That was like the... That was like the main thing for everything, like everything, even the things that I'm doing right now, even uh, keeping myself positive in this uh, apocalypse type of situation. It's and, uh, all because yeah. of that one uh, internship opportunity that I got. Yeah. So it's kind of like an inflection point somewhat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, what is it? Like, uh, I mean, that's what inflection, if I remember correctly, it's that point in the exponential returns where things really start to take off. Yeah, so. I mean, cool. because uh, before that internship, I, I told you, right, I was also trying to get something to help me with my tuitions. And I didn't have any money left. It was like, I didn't have any money left. So I needed money too. Yeah. If you don't have money, you cannot, uh, you know, be ambitious. You cannot think about things if you don't have money. So the internship also helped me with all my expenses and also helped me to uh, understand that, okay, I'm, I can do this. You, you know, I, I'm still afloat, not drowning right now. So because after the internship, I just before the my offer letter, like a week before, I had to leave my apartment and I was basically homeless. <laughs> not homeless, but I had to live with my friend because I didn't have... Uh, an apartment to live and I was like everything Holy was moly. so yeah. I was like 
Uh, Literally I sink or swim. Literally, like, almost pretty much, right? Just sink or swim. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, huh. so that helped a lot. So after internship, I was I got an apartment. I like had a job. I was able to pay uh, like half of my tuitions on my own. So that helped a lot. Yeah, sounds like it. That's wow. That's fantastic. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, and that, that, I guess that kind of like. Just to go on a little bit of a tangent here, um, bear with me. Uh, I think that's kind of like when you're when you're looking for a job, especially is a lot of a lot of the people on the other side, right? You know, a lot of the people that are working for the companies, like the recruiters, like the hiring managers, is they don't see those things, right? They don't see they just see an application most of the time um, or an email. Um, yeah. They don't see, I guess, the human side of things. And I mean, that's true. You can't, I'm not blaming them because they have a job to do, right? And they're trying to support a family. You look at it yeah. from that perspective. But I don't know. It's, it's kind of tough to tell these things. And it show. I mean, that's incredible. And you can't tell that necessarily on a resume. Yeah. That makes sense. I would- yeah, this is like the first time I'm even I'm t- telling you, nobody knows this. Like, I'm just telling this for the first time. I just, only me know, I know that because I even didn't tell my parents. Why would I tell them they're back in India? <laughs> if I tell them, they'll be like, she doesn't have money. Why she's not asking us for that? I didn't want to ask them for money. But Dude, I, literally burning the boats, like literally, yeah. like it's, I, it's self-sufficiency, I guess you could say. Completely yeah. self-reliant. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you don't tell your story, nobody would know it, of course. And the thing is, is it right to tell your story? Because, you know, it's like a lot of people are facing problems. So that's the reason I was like, why would I like be saying that I have so many problems, but you know, there's a lot of people who have worse problems. So that's the reason I never came up with this thought that, you know, I actually was successful in doing something of my own. I didn't think about that when I was doing that. I was like, it's normal. Everybody does that. But now when I think of it to be, you know, grateful of my situation, I'm like, no, I tried something. I was successful in doing something. So that gives me hope. Yeah. That's the reason I'm like, when I say that, it gives me hope. Yeah. No, isn't that, I mean, I'd like to kind of get your thoughts on this is I think it's, you have to have that there's those toughs the adversity to have hope if that makes sense yeah. right because it like for you it gave you the understanding that oh i can do this i i, I have the potential to do this yeah. um that's wow well thank you for telling me that that's that's uh i feel honored uh so what's uh so the the internship was obviously beneficial um but let's kind of go into it a little bit what did you do at the internship what was this primary what was your day-to-day like and we can get into that project the group project so very interesting i started with uh, so initial days um couple of weeks were just trying to understand the semiconductor industry so i was i got an opportunity to see the fabs where the production process goes and uh, also understand what wafers are and how does that help us in our electronics. So before I started 
in this micron i didn't know that you know i i knew but you don't know how the chips are made you don't actually know yeah you know but then when i got to see it it was so i was like blown away i was like wow how can this such a small piece could he- like help uh, work like help drive everything that we are working on yeah right? yeah chips are everything right now and they are so small and the manufacturing process is like art it's literally art if you see that you will be like wow this is that's a bold statement yeah. so what what do you mean by art like what is what makes it i guess artful if that makes sense so it's like if you see the process they have a wafer that is uh, like a circular uh, silicon wafer that mm. essentially has a bunch of chips on it and it has to be in a particular fashion like you know it has to have perfect shape it has to have perfect a layer of the chemicals that goes into it and it has to have perfect linings and perfect structure if it is like a little bit anomalous it won't give you what you want it won't give you the perfect chip it won't give you the perfect uh, machine it won't give you the perfect laptop you know yeah. it was like that in the hierarchy Star- starts with that wafer and i have seen the wafer it's like it's like a rainbow if you see that wafer if you if you just google silicon wafer yeah, you see a circular okay. thing and it has like grids on it and it is the film that goes on to it the chemical film it looks like rainbow Whoa. that is that is legit that's yeah. cool it's Wait, so basically so, cool. so basically they take that and kind of stamp it it stamp it out basically to like produce the different chips essentially mm-hmm. yeah that is so, legit i I, have, i get what you're saying with art i get it's, it. it's legit it's an art yeah yeah and if you see the fab so this is made in a fabrication uh, unit so if you see the fab you have to have all this um, like a space suit kind of thing to enter that uh, in it because it has to be clean it, it's called a clean room it has to be clean the air has to be absolutely pure so that the product is not affected it's sensitive got it so that's like a thing that's like a you cannot define it if you don't if you have to see it like it's you so awesome yeah really yeah i i had a opportunity to see everything that was like uh, the like a point when i was like okay i think i like this industry maybe i'm going to be here like you know in future if i someone gives me an option i will be like i want to go to a semiconductor industry you know it's awesome <laughs> yeah no and i mean like you said they power pretty much i mean our world today wouldn't be possible without these things yeah so. but the thing uh, that uh, you don't know is how much data science and machine learning goes into it so you know perfection is like a word for a semiconductor industry you have to have perfection there and machine learning and data science helps with that so that's what um, if uh, we go to my project so my data science i was in a data science team so i was working with a couple of data scientists and a couple of data engineers so what was the motto of their work was to um when you have a manufacturing when you go to the manufacturing processes they have sensors right so the sensors take the pictures of that product 
and they also take uh, uh, other things into consideration like the audio of the machines that are working and things like that a lot of uh, sensors go into the manufacturing process they're like uh, um, one sensor uh, detects the humidity one sensor detects the heat in the room some sensors detect the audios in the room and some sensors just catch the image images of the product okay. so i was working with the images so what you could detect with the images is how much of the perfection goes into the manufacturing process you could tell about you can you could detect the shape of those wafers you could detect the color of those wafers and you know things like that so you have images and images help you to understand if your product is perfect or not got it that got it. was i was basically working on uh, some of those stuff of course i was an intern so i was learning everything i wasn't actually like uh, super i wasn't like uh, implementing something from scratch i was like learning and understanding how it works and uh, implementing as much as i could Okay. Well, that actually, it, there's something I, I thought of when you mentioned that. So, um, you know, back in the day, what was it? Uh, kind of like when you wanted to be a blacksmith, well, what's the term? I'm missing it. Oh, apprentice, right? When you, you, to become a blacksmith or in those jobs, you had to, you did an apprenticeship and then you eventually became the blacksmith, right? So that's effectively in a sense, kind of what an internship is. So it's, what would you think of i think it just this is my opinion and my observation kind of data science and machine learning is kind of all over the place there's no really a defined thing yeah you think there would be a benefit in and there's a disconnect right between the talent and the jobs so do you think there would be a benefit of companies potentially doing more internship slash apprenticeship type things um and what i think kind of in the internship what were those not necessarily the technical skills but like maybe the soft skills or those things that you learned on the other end uh non-technical yeah so i would definitely say that uh, universities like should have like co-op is an option right now but they should like have these i don't know not compulsory but some things that will help student uh, understand that if you do a co-op or internship in a technical field like you know whatever data science that that is the best thing you could do for your career because you know that shows you how how actually the commercial data looks or how the people actually work in a company if you are just studying and if you are just doing your academic stuff or even the kaggle competitions it won't ever be true it won't be ever ideal situation so if you are just having you have if you have to be best in data science or machine learning you have to have these real life uh, experience in the, those fields i mean it is true to all other uh, uh, professions too but because this is like a very application based field this would like really help if you have more focus on uh, internships rather than just theoretical stuff Yeah. and to go to my internship uh, one thing was that i was of course understanding all the technical stuff that goes on in a company so for example like uh, it's not just coding it's not just your coding 
it all there's also stuff like uh the other uh, software kind of software side of things so if you are doing data science it's not just data science you are connecting with all the other teams you know how the flow works and you have to also think about the flow so if you are building something that should also be understandable with the software side of things it should also be documented well it should also have automated automation to it you know mm-hmm. like the code that i implemented it should it is eventually going to be implemented for the clients and it should run every day on its own so how do you do that so if you're doing your own project you don't think about this stuff because you know you just, you're just working on your own you don't have to think about other people or you don't have to work about other teams so yeah. that was kind of experience i got and then the other side of thing which i i'm like still uh, trying to develop was to uh, translate your technical stuff into a more business oriented stuff so that everyone who is in that team or who, who is uh, related to that product could understand what you're building so you know i built this project i worked on this project but then if i'm not able to explain it in a most simple way to those clients it makes no sense yeah. so even my supervisor was always telling me that you should learn this like you should more focus on you know all the other things you're passionate about it but you should know how you translate your stuff in a way that everybody can easily understand you know even the people who don't know about machine learning they should also understand what you're doing in the normal way definitely no and it's and it's uh that's funny that you mentioned it because it's like you get i mean from the various information online um i mean all the plethora of resources right related to the subjects it's a lot of some of them or a good chunk of them uh, i don't know exact percentage but uh a good chunk of them i'm just like wait what are you even talking about yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and and it's it's kind of like what's the point of producing something even if it's documentation if yeah it can't be understood by another person yeah is that really an indicator of you understanding it by being able to use jargon to explain it yeah yeah i think it was it was richard fine i'm i don't, I don't know richard feynman uh, a man of many quotes let's see if i can find it here feynman because he had a quote along the lines that said uh um, if you can't explain something uh, to in a way that somebody else, like a non-expert, can understand, then you really don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. So that's the one thing you can see. Like a lot of people in data science say that you should be able to explain it to a five-year-old. That's when you say that it's a successful project, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then that's a skill that you sh- that you learn eventually. I mean, I'm I'm still learning it. I don't know how to do it yet. Well, and I think it's kind of like and it kind of goes back to the production application side of things, right? So it's like you don't necessarily have to have a 5-year-old understand how a convolutional neural network works, right? Yeah. Um, they don't need to necessarily understand that. They need to be able to you need to create something like that's what a product it's that is a manifestation of you being able to have somebody use a product that uses a convolutional neural network, for example, 
them be able to use it and yeah. then, okay i do this this results from it yes and then if they really want to go kind of and it goes down to the or back to the top down bottom up thing if they really want to know what's going on behind the scenes then you can explain it in a way where i guess in a way they don't feel intimidated by yes. the knowledge if that makes sense right right yeah so um i one th one topic that i realized we haven't kind of uh touched upon right is the sharpest minds so how yeah. did you uh come to sharpest minds and what what have you done or how long have you been with the program what have you done um etc cetera, etc cetera. so um i if you see i have a lot of um, experience as of now in data science with all my projects and internship and even my uh, project with accenture but the one thing that i lacked was having a community and also like a place where I could, you know, channelize, channelize my talent towards. So, you know, when you start as a, like I started as a data science, I started everything on my own. I was on my own. So, you know, a single person trying to do something on its own, but you need to, you need to understand how things work and you, you need to have someone who has been in this field for long to understand where you want to go. Right. Because as you said, data science is like a vague, field which doesn't have any structure right now so if you don't have a structure how would you decide where you want to go so you know you need someone to maybe give you options or you know if you're uh, if you know where you're going the you need like you want some person to like point you in directions that he has seen in his life somewhere because he has more experience than you yeah. And it works when you have several people who are showing you their ways that could essentially give you like branches and give you and like make you understand where you want to go eventually, like where you want to lead eventually. That helps a lot. And if you just like shoot bullets in the air, like, you know, go to LinkedIn and try to find people, it doesn't work. I tried it because one, people are busy. They have their own stuff. Yeah. And it takes time to um, find people, like exact pe person in your field who will help you. It takes yeah. a lot of time and energy. So Sharpest Mind was a, like a thing, like a platform for me where all the data science people came together. And there were people who were also like mentees who are in, in the same, uh, like, same situation as me. Kind of one thing that you mentioned, or kind of going based off what you mentioned, it kind of goes back to that apprenticeship slash I mean a mentorship could be viewed as a modern day apprenticeship, and it's I think that's in a lot of fields is kind of like when you look at it, like when, in college, right? So you you get your degree and then you're told, okay, go find a job. There's not really much guidance between point A, that point A to point B, right? It's yeah, like there's exactly. a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of ambiguity to it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it provides a little structure, I guess you could say, in mm -hmm. the paths that are available. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of to transition now into the, what are you doing with Shark? What are you and your mentor doing? Um, like, so, uh, I am actually more focusing on, uh, what do you say more because I have projects. So I'm 
going to like a further side and understanding how to deploy my projects and how it works in a real world situation. So that's what we are doing, me and my mentorship mentor. And he mostly uh, tries to push me, which I need sometimes because I normally try to do a lot of bunch of stuff because even now I'm working with my professor. I work like eight hours a day with him. Then I'm also doing this nonprofit thing. I'm also doing mentorship on my own to a younger person. And I'm also writing sometimes. So it's like overwhelming things that I do. So I need someone to, you know, sometimes tap me and say, oh, you know, you also have to find a job. <laughs> yeah. So that, that helps. So he, he helps me with that, you know, uh, kind of uh, put me on the line when I try to go elsewhere. And also, he also helps me show how he works in his company. So that helps me to understand how it works. Uh, like professional wise like how it, how he does stuff and then the things like the main thing that I, wa- that I wanted to learn was how to deploy my project because that eventually is a kind of thing that you should know you just don't have you don't have to just go and build models you should also know how to deploy them and how those be- can benefit the companies so yeah. that's what I'm trying to learn from him and uh, also other things like um like you know how to build my professional uh, image like you know a professional my portfolio you know improve those and what i'm doing wrong and what i'm doing right and does he found it uh, good enough you know things like that small tweaks in my things that i'm already doing those were the things that I discovered myself. You know, I didn't ask anyone or I didn't take anyone's opinion. I just started doing it. So now I'm getting the criticism, you know, the constructive criticism kind of things that mm-hmm. help you. That's the, that's something you need sometimes. Yeah. No, I mean, you need a gauge of, uh, you know, the direction and that's kind of, Unfortunately, we, we like to think that we're good at assessing where we are. We're, we can we have our own cognitive biases that prevent us from really seeing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I get the constructive criticism part. Um, and also, I, I know it's like a weird thing, but I, uh, I, I always some, need someone to keep uh, reminding me that I need to find a job. Because I'm always doing so many things, I sometimes forget that I need a job. You yeah. cannot just go on like that. Yeah. Well, so what? How do you think um, this internship? I mean, apart from your mentor kind of being on you about getting a job, what do you think uh, Sharpest Minds has brought to the table in terms of preparing you to find a job? So one thing that nobody tells you or makes you understand is finding a job is also a talent you know it's also a skill it's not something that comes to you or you know it's not something somebody teaches in school nobody teaches you how to find a job and because you have a lot of people in the world it gets more competitive to find a job and you have to be skillful with it cannot be just sitting at home and just, you know, clicking the buttons. Doesn't yeah. work. So, uh, like understanding and finding the um, things that um, Sharpest Mind had already uh, have discovered. They have done stuff. They have data. 
so they know that you know these are the kind of ways like you know cold email kind of things i knew about it i knew i have read about it online but then when you try to do it on your own you type an email and i'm still doubting myself like i'm not clicking the send button i'm still like is it good enough is it going to work and if it's not working why is it not working so i don't know i'm asking myself who would like who would tell me that if it's working or why it's not working so that's where uh, sharpest mind is helping me right now so i draft something and i just you know send it to the edward or um, edward mostly so when he sees that even if he's like saying that it's good it gives me that you know back of mind someone is telling me it's okay so i'm like okay with sending it and i don't have any excuse to give myself so if i'm just doing it on my own i have an excuse oh it's not good enough i'm not going to send it you know i'll wait i'll wait for a couple of days and it never goes you yeah. did never do it yeah. so yeah that's what they have a lot of things that help me uh, especially like you know you can they help with the cold email thing that eventually helped me to send some emails which i was trying to do couple of weeks I, i couldn't do it on my own because i was like super doubting myself like am i good enough i wasn't doing it because of that but now i'm doing it so you know that's a good thing but you're getting kind of that encouragement right to do it's yeah. like this is good the, don't worry about it you're good yeah. you don't need it but that helps a lot when yeah. somebody is like you're on the right path you just need that one sentence from someone who's professional in the field that okay you are on a right path you're doing well you'll you'll reach it eventually that's where you know sharpest mind is helping me right now and also they have these things like you know helping with um, medium you can publish things and also if you want to keep track you have hunter co and things like that yeah. and uh, the officers when you get to talk with people who have been in the situation and also the things like you can just message on the slack and you can talk to people who are uh, doing same things like you are doing so yeah. those are the couple of things that are helping right now yeah when i think of the community aspect to it kind of uh it's a reminder cuz when you're doing this you you know you're a lot of the time you're on your own kind of like when you're working on it right there's not anybody around helping you uh i mean your mentor is of course but like doing the actual work is you mm-hmm. um but that community reminds you that hey there's other people that are doing the same thing as me and i mean now with the whole pandemic uh situation it's like oh we're all in this together right yeah. Yeah. we're all experience- yeah we're all experiencing the same thing or a similar situation a similar environment so it's it's uh it's interesting it's definitely yeah, it's interesting yeah it's definitely i mean uh looking back if this pandemic uh wasn't a situation right now i think i would have been working with some company like a normal person but then you miss all the experience that you got in the this period of time you know within this 6 months just 6 months i have got an opportunity to talk to so many people i i would never imagine that i was i would be so confident that i'm like you know talking to you right now i normally am shaking like 6 months ago if you see me i normally shake so much i don't have the confidence to talk at all 
but eventually i'm talking to so many people and understanding like you know it's nothing it's not a big deal like everybody is a person of its own so you know you just have to be out there and it's fine so that that component has helped me to now people when talk when they talk to me they are like oh you're such a good like you talk so good like, you know you are so expressive but i'm like you know i wasn't like that like 6 months ago i was i couldn't even talk so well i mean that goes to i mean kind of back to what you're talking about but like you didn't mention it specifically like this but like the networking and i hate using that word but um i mean that's it, when when you see all the advice how do i get a job how do i get into data science how do i get in like you have to take a step back even further and be like okay what am i doing i'm trying to essentially build relationships that's everything is founded upon basically the relationships that you are building with other people exactly um and are you building productive relationships are you building relationships that can i mean i hate to say this but like benefit both of you both part all parties involved right and that's those are the relationships that to not get too cliche get bring the fulfillment yeah. to everything I, all of us really so and it's important to have like minded people around you like you know networking with like minded people not like you know you cannot just go around it working yeah that no, won't benefit you know, that's kind of like the linkedin approach of just like applying for everything it's it's like it doesn't work no it, i mean it'll eventually the law of large numbers right but it'll give it'll probably give you something but is it really going to give you what you want yeah 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 exactly that's something that for me is been kind of eye opening is like pick a path you want don't let anybody uh, don't let some random button slamming i guess you could say uh, <laughs> your yeah. so exactly um Okay, so are you working on a project with with your mentor right now or is that are you cuz I remember no. you, that you're also doing work with your professor. I mean, you're doing a lot of things right now, so. Yeah, so I'm not uh, doing a project with my mentor because, you know, I don't have any time for doing it, but what I'm trying to do is the things that he is teaching me, I'm trying to implement those in my current projects. That the project that I have already built. Because I have a project I just have to like make it uh, like production ready right so that's what i'm just attaching his uh, suggestions to my current project and yeah that's what i'm doing and to build a project on my own that's always going on with my the professor that i'm working for so that's uh, that's kind of a project building stuff right now okay um so what's kind of the okay so project building what's I kind of go back to the job as what are you I mean kind of what are your goals in terms of the job realm like what's the time frame um I know you mentioned obviously the 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 uh um semiconductor industry was of interest is is there a particular industry outside of the semi is there anything any other fields that might interest you what's the time frame like I guess to sum it up a year from now where are you or where do you hope to be I actually haven't planned it out because of the uncertainty that's going on right now so I'm not like I want to be there in one year but I would like to uh, see that I'm doing something around data science which is of course going to happen like that's what it's going to happen anyway so what I am looking into is I'm trying to um 
push myself to go in a direction where it's more like not industry oriented or not like just job i don't want a job for a job perspective i want something that would like the role would define me like that that is actually very narrow because you know that doesn't give you a lot of options but i i want to like think like that even if i don't get it i want to think like that i'm focusing more on the role so the if role is uh, more amusing to me if it's allowing me to help like implement all the skills that i have learned right now and that's like any any industry is okay for me if it if it goes that way but then if you see where i'm leaning i'm mostly leaning towards either health industry because that's the industry that needs data science and machine learning right now mm-hmm. and yeah. you see like there's a lot of good uh, applications of data science and machine learning in healthcare and that industry is like it it has to work right now everybody is leaning on that industry and uh, semiconductor was like my dream like that's something i always wanted to do after my internship so that's because that's something maybe i will end up 10 20 years from now so i'm not thinking about it i want to do it eventually but it has the industry has its own limit so it won't always have the positions that you want so that's why i don't want to limit myself i want to say okay i also want to be in a healthcare industry like if you say top 3 i want to be like i want to say healthcare finance and semiconductors okay. and eventually if you say where do you want to be in one year i want to be in a situation where i'm like have a job but then i also wa- i'm trying to do something of my own you know so that if i don't have a job i don't think like oh i don't have anything to do so that's the that's the kind of thing that's why I'm, or like kind of like that or is it like a, a what 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 would you imagine kind of the side thing being i guess so the side thing being because i'm already doing it uh, i'm mentoring a i'm work i'm working for a platform where i mentor young girls to who are trying to get into data science so i'm trying to build some material for those people who are trying to uh get into data science and i know that there's a lot of material already available but i want to give it my perspective like what worked for me because i am like i research a lot and i get away i i read a lot so i have a bunch of stuff that i already tried like i have already tested it so yeah. i want to like uh, i'm trying to get it all together in one place so if i'm when i mentor someone and she asks oh how did you do it so i can just show him show her or him okay i did it like this if it works for you i'm happy yeah so yeah that's what i'm trying to build wow you're you're yeah, a person of many talents of many many activities um it's impressive so um i guess kind of as a way to it kind of cap it off kind of to our previous conversation uh cuz i i know we talked about uh the alchemist a little bit the book yeah um i guess so my previous conversation with ed uh he mentioned a the pachinga boys which mm-hmm. i highly recommend it's a really really cool song if you go out at like 
I'll probably share, I'll share the link. I'll have to share the link. Um, but it's like a 25 minute long song and I literally just went out in a hammock and listened to it and it was an epic experience. Uh, but tangent over, why is, what was, I guess, kind of that lesson, what was the most important lesson that you took away from that book? Like, what was it about that book that resonated so- so the first thing that uh, resonates with me is I have read uh, Alchemist a couple of times. So first time I read, I was in 10th grade. I just started, I was just starting my career and I read it again in like my uh, thing when I was switching from undergrad to master's and I read it again now. So the best thing that I, I t- take it from that book always is like, you know, fear drives you in different directions. So if you are controlling your fear, if you if you're embracing your fear, it will eventually help you to get towards your goal. So if you, fear is always going to be there, but you have to channelize it in the right way. And then the other thing was like, if you want something really bad, everything will conspire to help you to get it. And it comes again and again in the book. It keeps coming all the time, right? If you want something, so every every particle in the world is conspired to help you in getting that, that what you want. And if it would be a, it will come as a surprise to you, but it has worked for me always. Like not once, not twice, not thrice, but like five or six times, whenever I'm in a situation where I'm like, I don't know if whatever I want is legible enough to want you know, I'm, I want something, but should I ask for it? Like, is it, is it okay? Am I, uh, am I good enough to ask for it? When I think like that, I, I see a, like a, a path where I'm like leading towards it and I get it eventually. It always happens. The only thing that I have to do always is like really ask myself for that. You know, I want it. I am not going to have a plan B. I I have a plan A and I'm going to work for it. And I eventually want it and want it. That's the only thing I think about always in my head. And that's the kind of thing that I take from Alchemist that if you want something, you just focus on it and eventually it will work for you. All the stars will align kind of things. I don't believe in it, but you know, it's kind of- It's it's like a metaphorical kind of thing. And it's, it's, I mean, there is something to be said for that um because i mean like it should be mentioned that that the do they i don't do they ever give his name the main character in the book or is no, it just, no there's a i can't remember no, his, he, ha, he has a name yeah the, the guy has a name uh, the main character we'll just use that for now the main mm-hmm. character he i mean yeah it's it's he has a singular focus right but yeah so I have it here, see? Yeah, there you go. Right there. I have the same book. That's interesting. Um, but it's no, always I, here with me. Yeah. The main character, I mean, this goes, yes, he's focused on a very, I mean, that the, the treasure, right? But this isn't to say that there's not events between him uh, starting his journey and then him finding the treasure. There's a lot of stuff that happens in between. That's most of the book. Um, so it's, this isn't to say that when you, th- it's like an understanding that you want something, but you also understand that there's going to be a lot of things that you have to overcome. Eventually. 
yeah. to, to get there. Um, yeah. So that makes sense. I think that's a, I think that's yeah. a good... And then the thing is, if you see the book, if you read the book, it's if you know the gist of it. You, all, you read it once, you know the gist of it. Like, you think something, you're going to get it eventually. But the journey that goes into the book, the things that make that book a book, that's what you should uh, learn from it. You know, your life is also going to be like that. It's going to have chapters and it's going to have a lot of turns and things like that. And you know that eventually it has to have some ending, but you don't have to think about the ending. If you think about the ending, it's not going to be the right way to do it. You should believe in the book. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Okay. uh, The first thing that came to mind was... uh, I think it was Joe Rogan. He said, he's like, live your life like you're the star of your own movie. So basically imagine like a documentary cruise following you around. I mean, that'd be a modern day version of the book. Yeah, that's the best. best, uh, I think thinking with the end in mind is important in a way because, uh, I mean, I'll be real here, I'll be honest, is when I get to be 75 or 80 years old or however old I am and I'm talking to my grandchildren or great-grandchildren, I want them to think that their grandpa was a badass. Like, who does it? Or that they lived or that I lived a life that's worth living. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's, it, you don't think obsess about it, right? You don't obsess, because obviously the life is here and now, but it's, it's, thinking okay what do i need to do that is most productive for my life at this moment right now to get me and i mean those are the goals like finding a treasure right that's a continual process those treasures will change um but being content with that ever-changing nature of it and knowing that most of the book is that stuff in the middle between the beginning and the end uh, the the details that may not matter to a lot of people. Those are the things that really matter. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Do you have any parting thoughts, final thoughts, things that you think need to be said about you that you want to let the world know? So not about me in general, but I just want to, because if you see right now, you see a lot of uh, things out in the world because this is like a social media world right now, you see everything, you know what's going on. And you see a lot of people uh, suffering, you see a lot of people having mental uh, health issues and things like that. And then there's also a point where always, like a job is also a thing that everybody is thinking about right now. Right? Yeah. You now you need a job, you don't have a job and you, the employment thing is kind of an issue and things like that. And a lot of friends of mine are also worried about it. And I always tell them, I'm in the situation too, but I still tell them that, you know, that's not important. If you always emphasize on a point that you don't have, you will miss on everything that you have right now, this day, this particular moment, you will miss on that. Of course, you have to think about what you don't have and you have to work towards it, but you also have to remember that and be grateful for what you have right now that other people don't have. And then you, what you do of it is try to help people who don't have it. And when you try to help them, that eventually helps you too, to find yourself, to find uh, the ways that you could help yourself and, you know, cope with it. 
So that's what I always try to tell people that, okay, you don't have a lot of things in this world right now, right this moment. A lot of people don't have a lot of stuff. But then you have something, you have just, you have to find that one thing that you have that is going to be the star of the situation and would eventually help you to get to where you, uh, where you want to be. Yeah. You You have to always remember that. I like that. Well, okay. So I think that's a good point to stop. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I'm going to, I'll pause or stop the recording and then we can kind of finish there. But, uh, as a final parting note before we stop the recording. Thank you for- Yeah, thank you too for having me.